Welcome in to Vern's Post Game Show. Massey not stopping in second and slides into third with a two-run triple. Here's Josh Vernier. 7-4, the final score. Royals swept in the season-opening series at the hands of the division rival Minnesota Twins. Phone lines are open for you, Royals fans, baseball fans. The phone number, the text line number is 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. If you were one of the near 15,000 in attendance, I'd love to hear the stories. From inside Kauffman Stadium, I would imagine a large chunk of you making your first trek back to the K in 2023. I'd love to know who you spent it with, if you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it because you're the first group of Royals fans to see the team score in 2023. Four runs, two of them coming off of the bat of Edward Olivares. The other two from Matt Duffy. The nine-hitter belts a two-run blast in the seventh inning, 430 feet off of the bat of Matt Duffy. You could have made a pretty penny if you would have bet on Duff to go deep this afternoon. Uh, all right, let, let me let me dive into the notebook while we await your phone calls. Again, 913-586-7610. I want to begin with something positive. Nice defensive day by the boys in blue. Michael Massey, Matt Duffy, Kyle Isbell, all three of them making web gems out there today for Matt Cotrero's boys. And, well, yes, the offense did produce runs today for the first time this season. And I gave you a positive already. Now let's... Now let's get to it. It's a loss, so it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows here. Your top two hitters are now 0 for 19 on the season. Bobby Witt Jr. and MJ Melendez. That's not going to continue. I understand that. You understand that. We all know that Bobby Witt Jr. and MJ Melendez are bona fide big leaguers, above average hitters in the big leagues. Well, maybe, maybe maybe you disagree. I believe that the both of them, above average big league hitters, have a double-digit career, uh, a double-digit year career lying ahead for the both of them. So I'm certainly not concerned long-term, but you're 0-3 and you're only going to grip the bat tighter. Not just MJ and Bobby, but Vinny and Massey. Isbell, and the rest of these young and up-and-coming Kansas City Royals. When the two young men that are going to lead this team in at-bats are now 27 innings into the season, more than 20 plate appearances into the season, and yet to record a knock, that's the headline. When your leadoff hitter and number two hitter are 0 for 19, and your three, four hitters are a combined 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position. Keep in mind that those top four hitters must produce for this team to have hope. For this team to be good, obviously those four need to produce. And then you need five through nine in the lineup to provide that spark. This team will be lucky to win 65 games if you don't get Melendez, Bobby, Vinny, and Salvi meeting or exceeding expectations. I mean, that's the baseline. If we want to enjoy afternoons at the K, those four need to produce. If we want to have fun this summer, well, then a lot more than just those four need to produce. Yeah, I mentioned it earlier today on the On Deck Show. I think about this team a lot. Yeah. It's my job. I love it. I love baseball. Love this organization. Love the fan base. Want to see them happy. So as I'm sitting around this offseason, every scenario in which the Royals make the summer of 2023 entertaining, it begins with the assumption that Brady Singer and Zach Greinke are good, 
that Melendez, Bobby, Vinny, and Salvi are good. Then we start to dream on guys like Lynch and Bubich, Waters, and Massey. That's when you start to go, okay, these are the things we need to happen. Everyone knows what you need from those top four hitters, and three games into the season, you're not getting it. I want to talk about some decisions that were made today by the coaching staff. We got to get into Brad Keller's performance. And also, I don't know how interested you are in this, but Matt Duffy, Edward Olivares, I don't want them out of the lineup. Not anytime soon. I don't want them out of the lineup. We'll discuss that further, but the phone lines are open for you. I want to hear from you, Royals fans. 913-586-7610. That's the phone number. That's the text line number again. 913-586-7610. We start off in Blue Springs. Rob, you're hitting leadoff this afternoon. Go ahead. Thanks, Josh, for taking my call. Um, I know it's early in the season, but we got a slate coming ahead of us. I saw we got the Braves, Jays, Giants. Otani and Trout coming into town. It might be a long stretch, and I, I know we get tired of beating a dead horse about the new stadium. But I, w- I just left the stadium uh, now, and it just seems sad and boring. So that that stadium is going to be a huge boost for us. That's all I got. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the phone call. Um, as far as that gauntlet that lies ahead for the Royals, sitting at zero and three. Yeah, Jose Barrios, speaking of the Minnesota Twins, you guys remember Jose Barrios. You're going to see him tomorrow night. The Blue Jays' right-hander squares off with the best the Royals have to offer, Brady Singer. How much of my off-season conversation, if you listen, and I appreciate it if you did listen to the Hot Stove Show over the off-season or my appearances on 610 Sports Radio over the course of the past four or five months. And I would always go back to, I think this team needs to be led by its offense because I don't believe they're a pitching and defense and speed team like they have been in the past. It's a team that needs MJ and Bobby, Salvi and Vinny to, to, to lead the way and have those complementary pieces around them, Olivares, Isbell, Massey, maybe Prado and Drew Waters down the line. You need them to improve and make this lineup six, seven deep of guys that can beat you with one swing of the bat to hopefully pick up this pitching staff. That was one of my main talking points this offseason. Three games into the 2023 campaign, we're yet to see the offense lead the way. And the other thing I would go to quite often this offseason was Someone else in this rotation needs to help Brady Singer out. I thought Jordan Lyles would eat up innings, hopeful that Zach Greinke will duplicate what he did a season ago, and he did in the opener. Jordan Lyles gave you a chance to win yesterday. But how many times did you and I in the second half of last season show up to the ballpark with Brady Singer on the hill and collectively say to him, Brady Stop the bleeding. How many times did Brady Singer take the hill last year following a loss? Following three consecutive losses, four straight losses. And the request of Brady Singer was, lead us to victory, stop the bleeding, and eat up innings. I'd venture to guess 80% of Brady Singer's starts from the beginning of June on. He took the hill following a loss at the tail end of a losing streak with the bullpen in shambles and the weight of the organization on his shoulders to stop that bleeding. And here we go again, a three-game losing streak. Now, the bullpen is certainly not in shambles. We're only three games into the season. You've had an off day. But our lonely eyes once again turn to Brady Singer, and we genuflect and ask, Brady, please, again, stop the bleeding. And much like last year, we're asking him to do that against a powerful lineup. 
Brady, I need you to stop the bleeding while you square off with Bobachet, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Matt Chapman, and the rest of those Toronto Blue Jays. George Springer, Alejandro Kirk. I could go on and on. Brady Singer, Jose Barrios. I mean, it's a good game. <laughs> if I was you and you're yet to make your trip to Kauffman Stadium, that's the game to go to. Tomorrow night, Brady Singer, Jose Barrios, 640 for the first pitch. I'll be on the air with the On Deck Show live from Craft and Draft beginning at 530. Let's go to Drew in Platte City. You're on 610 Sports Radio following a 7-4 loss to the Twins. Go ahead, Drew. Hey, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated. You know, you're talking about our pitching, and I, right, wrong, or indifferent, I, I think our for three games in, our pitching has done a good job. But let's talk offense. You know, I'm going to go back to the opening game. MJ Melendez literally walking down the baseline after a little teeny dinker hit uh, towards the, the pitcher, and he, he didn't run it out. Uh, our offense is struggling. Um, but to be completely honest, do you think MJ really is lacking some discipline right now in, in being part of that energy that you think the team needs to sort of generate some of that offense? I know he can hit the ball, but um, just watching him swing the bat over the last three games, it really hasn't been pretty. Uh, curious about your thoughts about what he did in that opening game uh, and that loaded bases and we just didn't produce anything uh, and that double play that he ran into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, appreciate the phone call, Drew. MJ Melendez through the first uh, s- uh, three games of the season is uh, 0 for 9 with four strikeouts and a pair of walks. To go back to the opener and that big double play that he hit into in the fifth inning, bases loaded, one out. I grounded it up the first baseline. It was uh, fielded by the... Twins first baseman, he went home for a 3-2-4 double play. Right, First baseman to the catcher, gets the man out at the dish. Catcher throws it back to first and doubles up. MJ Melendez, yeah, if you remember the game, it was very odd. MJ started running out of the box, saw the first baseman field and about to throw home, and that, 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 that froze MJ in his tracks. And then by the time the, the, the catcher received the throw from the first baseman, it was an easy toss back to first base to double up MJ. Uh, that, to me, was much like the error that he made earlier in the game back in the opener, and that was reflective of a kid that was thinking too much. A kid that was pressing as he was taking part in his first ever opening day. That's what I've seen from MJ Melendez. That's what I've seen from Bobby Witt Jr., Oh, that play that Bobby Wood Jr. made yesterday with Byron Buxton throwing to third, trying to get one of the fastest baseball players on the planet uh, out at third base would have taken a perfect throw. Uh, Bobby's a smart ball player. Uh, MJ's a smart ball player. I mean, MJ's the coach's son. Bobby grew up with the game. The only explanation I can give you regarding their I don't want to say uh, poor play, um, but poor decision-making. How about that? Uh, The poor decision-making that we've seen from those two is, in my opinion, reflective of uh, two young men that understand the amount of pressure that is on their shoulders, uh, not only this season, but for this organization moving forward. And they're trying to prove everybody right with every single opportunity they get at the dish or defensively. Drew, I appreciate your phone call. And to your point about uh, the pitching. Yeah, the, 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 the pitching has been uh, you know, good. Yeah, good. I, I can call the pitching good. You gave up two runs in game one. You gave up only two runs in, in game two. Lyles and Granke got the job done. Chapman and Clark looked good. Ryan Yarbrough looked good. Jose Quas looked terrific back in the opener. Uh, but today, Brad Keller, what, four and two-thirds innings, two runs on five hits? I I paused to call that good. You got to give me five innings if, if, if you're going to get that thumbs up. So, I kind of got away from Keller there in the fifth inning, and it, 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 
Once he walked Byron Buxton, I was ready for him to come out of the game. He walked two more as the team awaited Amir Garrett to get up and get warm. You may have heard me ask uh, manager Matt Cotrero about his decision there in the sixth and in the seventh innings. I, I uh, didn't quite agree with the decision. I'll, 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 I'll set that up. I'll explain it to you coming up in a moment. But, you know, to bring Amir Garrett back out in the sixth, to bring Dylan Coleman back out in the seventh inning, uh, that's, that's not how I would have done it. I'm always managing along with the game or, or trying to. I'm not, I, I promise you, I'm not one of those that, that uses the benefit of hindsight. I'll just call it how I see it. I would not have brought uh, Garrett back out in the sixth, and I understand Joey Gallo let off. He also belted a 431-foot home run. I would not have brought Dylan Coleman back out in the seventh inning. I know Byron Buxton was leading off. Righty on right. I get it. Buxton also laced one to left field. So we'll hear what Q had to say to that. I'll I'll dive a little bit deeper into the decision-making there in the sixth and the seventh innings. We got to talk about Edward Olivares and Matt Duffy. I don't know about you, but I want to see Matt Duffy in there at third base again tomorrow. I want to see Edward Olivares in a spot. Left field, right field, DH. I want to see him in there tomorrow. Look, if you were locked in on this team last year, you remember Edward Olivares was, prior to his, what uh, what was it, a thigh or a hamstring injury? Prior to that injury, he was the most dangerous bat. You know, the, the new term hitterish, right? You've heard people say that. Edward Olivares was the most hitterish royal last season. Anxious at the plate, ready to do damage. You see a lot of uh, timidness. I don't know if that's a word. You see a lot of hitters with a timid approach. At least early on this season. Not Ali. Ali's up there to do damage, and I want him doing damage tomorrow against Jose Barrios. Again, Royals, Blue Jays, the first of four to round out this season opening seven-game homestand. It's Brady Singer and Jose Barrios tomorrow, 640 for the first pitch. I'm on the air at 5.30, live from Craft and Draft with the On Deck Show. We'll dive deeper into my game notes, but a reminder that they're brought to you by J Southland Tow Service. We'll dive into that text line and get back to your phone calls. 913-586-7610. That's the number. 913-586-7610. We get back to you after this. Burns Post Game Show on your home for Royals Baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. to Oliveras is hit hard to deep left center field. Back goes Larnick to the wall and gone. Olivares. So the Royals have broken the ice and it was thick. Certainly was. Danny Edward Olivares opens up the scoring, snapping the Royals scoreless streak to begin the season at 19 innings, a franchise record that no one was hoping for. Royals now 0-3, a record that nobody was hoping for. Brady Singer on the hill tomorrow. There's some good news for you. Singer Barrios, 6.40 for the first pitch, 5.30 for the On Deck Show here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, text line, the Jay Southland Tow Service text line. 913-586-7610 from the 316. Vern, I think MJ Melendez back on opening day was trying not to run into the tag. That's what was going on down the first baseline. Yeah, no, I understand that, but that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. I'm not saying because it's bases loaded. The first baseman has to come home to get the out. I mean, if he's thinking too much. A little tight. It's like that Javi Baez play from a few seasons ago. Most first basemen are not going to fall for the okie doke. I forgot who that Pirates first baseman was, but nonetheless. I'm not I'm not giving MJ the well he didn't want to run into the tag. 
of a second to first baseman. Let's go with that ball on opening day. I need you back to busting it down the first baseline. Hey, but I appreciate you listening. Text line remains open, 913-586-7610. We'll get back to the text line. Back to your phone calls in just a moment. Brad Keller takes the loss. He goes four and two-thirds, two runs on, five hits, six strikeouts, and four walks. Now, four walks is uh, concerning, but he walked the final three men that he faced. Uh, He was putting together a nice little afternoon, aided by some solid defense. You look at Keller's second inning with runners on second and third and one out, Joey Gallo. It's a ground ball to Michael Massey, fields it cleanly, makes a strong, accurate throw to Salvador Perez to get the runner, Trevor Larnick, out at the dish. Nice play by Massey, helping out Brad Keller. And then with a man on first and third, or men on first and third with two outs, I thought Brad Keller got uh, ripped off. Keller does not get the call on a 1-2 fastball to Ryan Jeffers. I thought it was strike three. It goes down as ball two. And on the very next pitch, Ryan Jeffers finds the hole on the right side to plate the Twins' first run. Yeah, Twins jump out to a one nothing second-inning lead. It was short-lived, as you just heard, Edward Olivares belting one on a full count from Joe Ryan. 421 feet. A fastball leaks over the middle of the plate, and Ali did not miss it. 108 miles per hour off of the bat. A seven-pitch battle ends with the ball carrying over that left center field wall. So that knotted things up at one apiece. Brad Keller strikes out the side in the third, punches out the first batter that he faces in the fourth, gives up another RBI, CNI single to Ryan Jeffers in the fourth. Minnesota goes up. 2-1, and they would uh, never trail. Minnesota goes on to win 7-4. So Brad Keller allows two runs through his first four innings, comes out in the fifth, gets Max Kepler to pop out, gets Carlos Correa to ground out. You're thinking, all right, another quick 1-2-3 inning, but no, walks Byron Buxton, walks Trevor Larnick, walks Jose Miranda to load the bases. Q then turns it over to Amir Garrett, who gets the job done. Amir Garrett comes out of the bullpen and gets Kyle Farmer to fly out and finish off that bases-loaded threat in the fifth. The reason why I'm not a fan of bringing Amir Garrett back out is because these... And if you want to say, Vern, you're babying them, fine. You're right. Um... But when these relievers come out of the bullpen, they are amped, right? Fired up, ready to go, ready to throw smoke. And Amir Garrett did that. He got Kyle Farmer, finishes off that fifth inning. He goes and sits in the dugout, aware that he's going to come back out, I would presume. But it's very difficult to keep that adrenaline, to keep that energy as high as it was when you were coming out of the bullpen while your offense goes to work in the bottom of the fifth. Now, it was a... Six-pitch bottom of the fifth for Joe Ryan and the Twins pitching staff, sadly, as Bradley, Duffy, and Melendez go down very quickly. And Amir Garrett needs to bring that energy, needs to get that adrenaline back up to where it was as he comes out in the sixth. Gives up a leadoff home run to Joey Gallo, and just like that, a one-run deficit balloons to two. Amir Garrett puts a man on second with two outs. Carlos Correa coming to the dish, and Matt Cotrero goes to Dylan Coleman. Coleman gets Carlos Correa to strike out swinging, leaves the man stranded in scoring position, and the Royals keep the deficit at two. Again, Dylan Coleman coming out of the bullpen, amped up, ready to throw gas, gets the job done, goes back to the dugout, Has a drink of water. You know that adrenaline comes down somewhat. Now his offense only saw 10 pitches in the bottom of the sixth inning. And Coleman comes back out, needing to get that adrenaline back to where it was when you're coming out of the bullpen. And instead, he gives up a single to Buxton, a single to Larnick, fielder's choice to Jose Miranda, 
And then two batters later, Joey Gallo belts a three-run home run 415 feet over the right field wall. Now, if your response is, Vern, stop babying these dudes. Don't make up excuses. We need Amir to execute. I want Dylan Coleman to execute. And you'll hear what Matt Cotrero said uh, to my curiosity to putting Garrett back out there, to putting Coleman back out there. And Q's explanation is sound. This is the big leagues. You need to do your job, Amir Garrett, Dylan Coleman. So I'm certainly not giving them a pass. I'm not blaming Matt Cotrero. I'm just letting you know where I fall in that decision, how I would have handled things in that sixth inning and in that seventh inning. 913-586-7610 is our phone number. Again, 913 586 Seven six ten. Brad Keller takes the loss. Let's hear what he had to say after the game. And head inside that Royals clubhouse. This audio courtesy of Bally Sports, Kansas City. Here's Brad Keller. Two of them were curveballs. Yeah, I, I turned around and saw that like they were all resting sliders. But um, yeah, there was actually I threw quite a bit of curveballs today. I'd say honestly probably fifty fifty curveball sliders. Um, that pitch up and into righties that you throw, is that kind of slider? Uh, no, those are sinkers. They were just kind of getting away from oh, okay. me. Um, just trying to be too fine. Just kind of, especially later on, I started to get a little bit tired, and that arm was just late on a lot of those pitches. So um, just got to be better with that. And um, how, how tough is it just not, not to finish out that, that fifth inning after some of those walks? Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, like I said, just not. Not being able to finish those guys, especially getting, um, you know, two quick outs. And um, just felt like I kind of let up a little bit and started backing the breaking ball up, kind of yanking the fastball. So um, really frustrating. So I definitely want to, uh, you know, work on going forward. So it's really early in the season on the game three. How do you guys make sure this doesn't, uh, you know, just doesn't continue, I guess, turn into something longer? Yeah, I mean, we just, you know, like you said, it's early in the season, it's three games in. Um, I still think, you know, everyone's eager for, you know, to get that first one out of the way and, and go from there. Um, you know, play a good team over there and just honestly some really good games this series just, uh, you know, didn't go our way. So we're looking forward to this next series and, um, like I said, getting that first one out of the way. All right, there you go. Great job by Annie Rogers of MLB. And asking all the questions there of today's losing pitcher, Brad Keller. Again, four and two-thirds, two runs on five hits. Royals lose seven to four. They welcome the Toronto Blue Jays to town for the first of four tomorrow night. Happy to see the Twins leave town. Royals have dropped 15 of the last 20 to Minnesota. Speaking of the Twins... I see some Twins fans on the text line. Jen and Greg from Minneapolis here. The stadium is beautiful. We love coming down every year for Twins v. Royals. Great hospitality, and we sat by some awesome Royals fans. We love the rivalry, and we'll see you in Minneapolis in April. Hey, Jen, Greg, I'm glad you had a good time at the stadium. I can see why you love coming down every year and... Love the rivalry. Yeah. I'd love a rivalry too if my team was 15 and 5. But nonetheless, uh, very nice of you to reach out. Very nice of you to uh, compliment uh, the the fine men and women that work at Kauffman Stadium and the terrific Royals fans that made the trek out to the K. I'm not surprised to hear it. I am glad to hear, um, and again, not surprised to hear this either, but uh, the, the beauty. Of Kauffman Stadium. I don't think we take it for granted in Kansas City. I don't. But I am always uh, reminded at the beauty of Kauffman Stadium by those visiting from out of town. Don't really hear Royals fans saying it enough. In fact, first caller of the night (laughs) said just the complete opposite about Kauffman Stadium. Either way, drive safe, and uh, yeah, we'll see you at uh, beautiful Target Field coming up in a few weeks. Let's go back to the text line, the J Southland Tow Service text line, 913-586-7610. Again, 913-586-7610. This from the 913. Vern, I know there are two of our faster guys, but I don't understand why Bobby and MJ 
are hitting at the top of the lineup. They are two of a precious few extra base threats on this team. Get some dudes on in front of them first and then force them to be patient and do damage with their swings. That's a very good point. It's honestly, it's the baseball that you and I grew up on, I would imagine. I know I grew up on you know, the leadoff hitters, your, your stolen base threats, the number two hitters, your hit and run guy, and then up come your boppers in the three, four, five, and sometimes even six spots. So I understand where you're coming from, but the thinking of today's baseball is I want my best hitters to have as many at-bats as possible and the best hitters on this team, the best all-around hitters with the speed, power, and hopefully growing on base percentage. Best hitters on the team are MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny Pasquantino, and Salvador Perez. This team's not going anywhere without those four. Now, as I say that, uh, you know, would I be opposed to Edward Olivares, that dangerous bat, getting things started tomorrow? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not expecting it, though. So I understand where you come from. Um, and, you know, with the way that Isbell and, and, and Duffy and Olivares have been hitting through three games. Yeah, you you think it's a good idea. Get them on in front of MJ and Bobby. But again, the the issue is, is right now, MJ and Bobby are 0 for 19. Vinny and Salvi are 0 for 4 with runners in scoring position. The team as a whole is 1 for 20 with runners in scoring position. So it's a very fair point. Um, And we'll see. We'll see. Hey, 0 and 3 is 0 and 3. You keep doing the same thing. Fans are going to get frustrated, and I don't blame you. Let's go back to the text line, 913-586-7610. Mark writes in, Vern, I just hope the season isn't over by May. Yeah, we all hope that. I appreciate you listening, but, yeah, that that could have gone without being said. I I waved the white flag last year. I, I believe it was May 14th, May 15th. And I'd like to think that you know me well enough that I'm not often hyperbolic. I'm not one to go along with the narrative or be overly pessimistic or even really overly optimistic. I try to call it like I see it and maintain uh, perspective. But it was evident mid-May last year that this was not in the cards for the boys in blue. And I'm with you. I do not wanna do not wanna do that in May of this year. Uh, Joey in Grain Valley, he writes in. I just hope that we don't dig a big hole in April. Boy oh boy. Yep. Kansas City, you've seen those holes in April. Too often to count, haven't you? 913-586-7610. We'll hear from Matt Cotrero, his explanation on the sixth inning, the seventh inning. And again, guys, I'm not trying to say that the, the manager or the bullpen uh, lost this game. The, the, the 0-3 record, I know, I know it's a team game, but the 0-3 record can be laid at the feet of those statistics I just gave you. Your 1-2 hitters are 0-for-19. Your 3-4 hitters are 0-for-4 with runners in scoring position. There's your 0-3 record. But we'll hear from Q. We'll get back to your thoughts after this quick timeout. Firm's post-game show on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio, and the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Vern's Post Game Show on your home for Royals baseball in Kansas City, 610 Sports Radio. 7-4, the final score. Royals are swept in the season opening series against the Minnesota Twins. Brady Singer on the hill tomorrow night. Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. Uh, This is the game to come to. 6-40 for the first pitch. I'll be on the air with the On Deck Show live from Craft and Draft beginning at 5 30 
All right, as promised, I, um, I told you I'd let you hear what Q had to say regarding bringing Amir Garrett back out in the sixth, bringing Dylan Coleman back out in the seventh inning after they recorded the final out of the previous frame. I've always found relievers have a difficult time getting that adrenaline back to where it was when they were trotting out of the bullpen. That's well, just I'm not saying it's something you must do every single time, and it, it uh, can't fail if you, you know. I'm not saying things would have been any different. I'm just letting you know what I'm thinking as I'm managing along with the game. When Amir Garrett finishes off the fifth inning, in my opinion, his day is done. When Dylan Coleman finishes things off in the sixth inning, in my opinion, his day is done. They both came out, both gave up runs, combined to give up four runs. Royals lose by three runs. Here's Matt Cotrero following the game. I mean, we're, we're also managing for 12 straight games. Garrett had Gallo leading off the next inning. Um, that's a good spot in the order for him. Um, same with Coleman, one out. You know, they're going to need to be able to wrap around like that and get two, three outs the next inning as well. So we didn't discuss that in particular with them like before they did it, but that's kind of understood. I mean, in, in, in the certain spots in the order and the, the situation of the game, every, all the pitchers are going to have to do that. And look, I have no issue that audio courtesy of Bally Sports Kansas City. I have no issue with that explanation um, because as I read into it, I'm not saying this is what he's saying, but I read in between the lines, do your job. Giving you the opportunity and 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 this is something I've always enjoyed about the month of April, April baseball relievers getting opportunities and proving to the coaching staff what they can and cannot handle. So look, if your response is Vern, give the skipper a break. How about don't give up a home run to Joey Gallo, Amir? How about don't give up a home run to Joey Gallo, Dylan? That's fair. That's fine. Um, but my opinion is six pitches and you're done, Amir Garrett. Five pitches and you're done, Dylan Coleman. We can use you again tomorrow. And yes, I'm aware that I'm sitting here on the sixth floor of this stadium behind a microphone that is falling apart while Matt Cotrero has his name on the manager's door down on the ground floor of Kauffman Stadium. He knows more about everything that I do uh, okay I, I'm I understand that but as I'm managing along with the game I would have done things a little bit different and and and, and you know uh, thankfully the two-run home run from Matt Duffy in the seventh inning the RBI single from Edward Olivares in the ninth inning allows us to dissect that sixth and seventh inning from the Royals pitching staff because without those three runs uh, this is a 7-1 blowout. Text line's open for you, 913-586-7610. That's 913-586-7610. And if I may, real quick, if you've heard the new and improved On Deck Show, you've heard our new segment called The Double Play. Where each and every day, myself and a member of the 610 Sports Radio staff give you our best plays in the betting market for that day's Royals game. Binkley made you money today. Gold made you money in the opener. I've made you money every single day. Uh, don't miss it tomorrow. The double play, a part of Vern's On Deck Show each and every day right here on your home for Royals baseball, 610 Sports Radio. It gets started tomorrow at 530. All right, let me run through the text line real quick. Uh, from the 801, is MJ the worst hitter in the lineup? No. I mean, how is it that I picked the dumbest text to start it off with? All right. Um, from the 913, Vern, I can't watch the team. The team doesn't ever make an attempt to sign any free agent worth a damn or do anything to try and sign the one talented player they do have. Uh, okay, well, I, I, that's fine. You can get that off your chest. 
I disagree, but you know what? That's all right. From the 515, hey, Vern, at least the clubhouse has good energy and they're having fun, right? Hey, don't, don't, don't put that on me. I have not been one to trumpet, hey, they all love each other. Oh, they're having a great time. No. What you heard from me was, you better be getting along right now. You haven't even played a game that matters. Everybody's new, new coaches, new players, new team. You better have a good time in spring. Haven't even lost a game yet. No, I, I was not peddling the, hey, they're having more fun. Not me. Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. From the 816, Vern Brady Singer should have been our opening day starter, and Bobby Witt should have had a lot more at-bats this spring. I'm not a fan of our players warming the bench in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of it either. From the 816, Vern, why is Brady Singer the fourth starter? I'm sure I missed something, and there's a reason for it. Yeah, it's because he threw two competitive innings over a three-week stretch during the World Baseball Classic. It's my opinion that that Brady would have been the opening day starter if he never participated in the World Baseball Classic or he would have pitched more in the World Baseball Classic. And yeah, I wanted to see... Bobby Witt Jr. get more plate appearances during the WBC, but I do believe that the experience he had inside that dugout, clubhouse, plane ride, whatever, will pay dividends moving forward. But again, let the WBC and the decision-making of the organization show you um, exactly what 2023 is all about. It is evaluation. It is preparing for this upcoming offseason and preparing for 2024. Because if the questions that this organization has about Bobby and MJ, about Isbell and Drew Waters, if they come back with a big old thumbs up and affirmative, yes, Bobby is an above average everyday shortstop. Yes, Kyle Isbell is an above average everyday center fielder. Yes, Daniel Lynch is a top three of a rotation type of arm. Yes, Drew Waters is a top six in the lineup type of bat. Now, if those questions come back to the affirmative, well, then I think, to go back to a previous text, I do think they will spend in free agency this upcoming offseason or via a trade a la Will Myers and Jake Odorizzi to bring in Wade Davis and James Shields. But the guys on the field need to prove to ownership and to the front office that they are just a few pieces away. I say the WBC serves as proof that this is an evaluation season. Not that you really need proof. J.J. Piccolo said as much when he joined Cody and Gold. John Sherman said as much when he joined Fesco in the morning. Wild card or division crown this year. You don't let your opening day starter... Go pitch in the World Baseball Classic. You don't allow your star shortstop to go have an experience in the World Baseball Classic. No, you want them in that clubhouse. You want that team gelling and preparing to dominate. But that wasn't the case. Uh, 913-586-7610. Uh, yeah, again, 816, I appreciate what you're saying, but I have no business. Yeah. Vern, if you want, you know, you haven't watched the Royals for as many years as you have. Why don't they consider hiring you as a manager? Because uh, I'm a idiot. I, I appreciate what you're saying, but, you know, direct that to Denny Matthews or Ryan Lefevre or Steve Stewart or Joel Goldberg. Those guys have watched a lot more baseball than I have, a lot more Royals baseball than I have. They know more about baseball uh, than I do. I have a very cushy job. I remain undefeated. So I appreciate what you're saying, but again, I'm not putting this one on cue. Uh, Spike in St. Joe writing in. Nice to hear from you, Spike. Vern, I was at the game today with my wife, my son, and my comment is uh, it's about not getting a hit. Not producing when runners are in scoring position. And what was that with Vinny Pasquantino bunting? See on Tuesday, signed Spike in St. Joe. 
Yeah, the runners in scoring position issue is unnerving. One for 20 through the first three games of the season. Uh, and I know this isn't going to endear me to many of you, and it might make that individual that said, hey, Vern, you could be the manager, might make you regret that text. Uh, but I didn't mind Vinny Pasquantino squaring a bunt there in the sixth. Keep in mind, Joe Ryan, the twin starter, just mowed down Bobby Witt Jr. before Vinny Pasquantino stepped in. As a matter of fact, Joe Ryan had retired seven in a row when Vinny stepped up to the dish. And the Twins had the, you know, as exaggerated a shift as you can have in today's rules. So the, the left side was open for Vinny. The pitcher on the mound is absolutely rolling. I like the idea. Get him off the mound. Get that heart rate going a little bit. Make him feel the ball. Make him move his feet. Break his rhythm a little bit. Unfortunately, it was just a poorly executed bunt. He hit it right back to the pitcher. If you can get that up the third baseline, even if he throws you out, you know, now, now he's breathing heavy. You know, now he's got to climb back up there on the hill with the pitch clock. And face Salvador Perez, who you make one mistake, that thing's going to travel for days. So I didn't mind Vinny Pasquantino squaring the bunt. He's just got to do a better job of it the next time he attempts it. Spike, can't wait to see you on Tuesday, man. Yeah, have you guys heard the pitching matchup for this series with the Blue Jays? Well, you know, Singer and Barrios tomorrow. Uh, Chris Bubich and fellow Southpaw Yusei Kikuchi coming up on Tuesday night when Spike and St. Joe and the fam will be there. Man, if you can't make it out to tomorrow night's game, how about Wednesday? Future Hall of Famer Zach Greinke squares off with one of the baddest right-handers in the American League, Alec Manoa. Shoot, even Thursday afternoon's tilt. Jordan Lyles and Kevin Gossman ain't too shabby. And that Blue Jays rotation ain't too shabby. They got Barrios, Manoa, Gossman. Didn't they just sign Chris Bassett too? Good night, Toronto. That's, that's, that'll be a fun series. Pam writing in on the text line, Vern, the bright spot this season has been the new addition to the radio broadcast. Otherwise, same crap, different year. Okay. Yeah, Jake Eisenberg, star. What a great storyteller. I have uh, thoroughly enjoyed um, being able to listen to him, getting to know him a little bit. Yeah, yeah, we got a good one, Kansas City. But you knew that. You knew that if you've been following the Omaha Storm Chasers. I mean, shoot, the New York Mets are giving a kid are giving the kid an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna fit in uh, just fine here in Kansas City. Speaking of the Omaha Storm Chasers, how about how about the AAA ball club? Now a perfect three and zero. Samad Taylor, Michael Garcia hitting everything in sight. Jackson Kowar with three scoreless frames earlier today out of the bullpen. There's a positive. Unfortunately, you got to go down to the minor leagues for it, but there's a positive nonetheless. Pam, I always appreciate you listening. Always appreciate you writing in. One more from the text line in the 913. Vern, how early is too early to talk trades and guys that could help the team in August? Uh, Look, no, no, no. Never too early, in my opinion. Never too early to talk about it. But to bemoan and it's over, yeah, too early for it's over and whining. But to discuss possible trade assets on this team, no, no, never too early, especially when the organization is not necessarily attempting to replicate what they do in Tampa as far as the transactional nature of the Rays, nor the... Cleveland Guardians, but something similar. You still have to be patient with your homegrown talent, but you also must, in my opinion, be the best scouts of your own talent. You got to trade fill-in-the-blank player before the bottom falls out. You need to know he's no good before the rest of Major League Baseball knows that he's no good. 
Um, so, no, no, it's never too early. Well, you, you, even if you're winning, you could still make a big trade. I mean, the Cleveland Guardians win in division titles and trade Francisco Lindor. The Tampa Bay Rays go to the World Series and trade their Cy Young Award winner. I mean, who, who do you want to talk about? You know, outside of, in my opinion, the, the, the Melendez, Bobby, Vinny, Massey, I'll ta- Brady Singer, I'll take your calls on everyone. And I hate saying it, but that includes the captain. But if I was going to come up with a list of guys most likely to be traded by this Royals ball club, it begins with Aroldis Chapman. You know, Scott Barlow likely coming in in the two spot. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens with Brad Keller, but he's a free agent after this season. If he can have a nice first half, you, you, you never know. But, but Chapman and Barlow are the first two names that jump out at you. Maybe even a guy like Nicky Lopez. I'm not saying the return is going to be um, sizable. But if you're talking about trade assets, a lot of teams could use the versatility, the defensive prowess that Nicky Lopez brings to a bench. I appreciate all the text messages, guys. It's always there for you 24-7. The phone number, the text line number is 913-586-7610. So the Royals drop the series. They're swept in a three-game season opening set with the Minnesota Twins. The final score is 7-4. I'll talk about it more tomorrow at 8.30 on Fesco in the morning as I join them each and every Monday here on 610 Sports Radio. Don't forget Matt Cotrero joins Fesco in the morning each and every Wednesday morning at 9. Thanks to Chris Unocero for the help back at the studio. Thanks to all of you for listening and texting in and calling in. And You can tweet at me if you want, at Josh Vernier 610. I'll talk to you from Craft and Draft, 5.30 tomorrow night. Royals, Blue Jays, first of four. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Kansas City. Take care. You've been listening to Vern's Post Game Show. Diving is MJ Melendez. Did he make that catch? He did! Check out the All Things Vern channel on 610sports.com and the Odyssey app to stay up to date with your boys in blue. And a swing and a miss. He struck him out with a fastball. Seven strikeout for Daniel Lynch. On your home of the Royals, 610 Sports Radio. We now take you back to regularly scheduled programming.